Well, way up north where the air gets cold. There's a team called United and you've all been told about the famous devils all dress up in red. And they've got a new boss and Jürgen's running scared. It's a Ralph Rangnick. Ralph Rangnick. It's a Ralph Rangnick. That's uh, what I've spent my time doing in the last couple of weeks. I, I, I was wondering, have you practised that? I mean, you know, you know Paul's demob happy because he's singing again on, on <laughs> the pod. It's been so long. It has been a while. It was yeah. knocked out of me over the years. Um, yeah, and thank God the <laughs> listeners say. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we've got two games to talk about and the announcement of a... We do. I mean, what frankly could not have been a more surprisingly sane turn of events. I mean... I, I almost can't believe it, actually. No. The, so what, if it was planned like this... It it's a very sensible sort of process and got the right man in and and in fact the most exciting bit might be what he'll do after this six month period. Yep. If it was planned like that, of course, this is United and Edward Wood and Joel Glazer and he was probably the 18th choice <laughs> and the only one who would take it and the consultancy role will be making the tea for Joel Glazer or something like that. I mean Sorry to be the cynic. No, but I, I just think I think it's a, it's a really interesting one and I think it's I think um uh one of the things that that Edward Wood the big knock against Edward Wood right was that if he really wants to be the director of football like he he spent the last 5 years more than way more than 5 years nearly 10 years um playing football manager basically like it, it buying players and trying to be the guy that's in and thinks he knows what to do about the football side. What if Richard Arnold doesn't want to do the football side? What if he wants to get someone like he just, he doesn't, that's not his vibe. He wants to make United a big right. successful business and he's going to get people that know what they're doing. And this is not a pro Richard Arnold agenda. I want to make that extremely clear, <laughs> but just, um, just if, so when did you last meet Richard? Were you out for tea with him yesterday? <laughs> no, I've never met him. I think he tweeted me once. And I tweeted him back a, not a rude tweet, but I think he tweeted me with the hashtag GGMU and I replied with the hashtag LUHG <laughs> before that was co-opted by weirdos. I was just yes. clear. Yes. Um, anyway. Yeah. Well, look, um, we'll see what it brings, but um, Michael Carrick undefeated in his two games in charge. Yeah. Um, Better than Giggsy. <laughs> Although, same 50% win rate. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, was it the second game that Giggs lost? I can't remember. No, me neither. Um, it's a long, long time ago, isn't it? That 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 has been cancelled along with Giggsy <laughs> in my brain. Yeah, damn, yeah. Um, right, so let's talk about the kind of timeline of events since we last spoke. I think yeah. when we last spoke, we were talking about interim interims, and Laurent Blanc was mentioned, and Oof. I know. Um, Darren Fletcher, which doesn't have the same uh, level of um, despicableness to it, or well, I mean, it's maybe it'll turn out one day that it does because that seems to keep happening. But uh, certainly, that's not based on any inside information. I want to make it clear: I'm not accusing yeah. Darren Fletcher of anything <laughs> at this juncture. Are you saying Darren Fletcher is a robber? No, I'm absolutely not saying he is. I'm just saying I no longer have any faith that anyone unbelievable. Paul, in you're saying he does a lot of youth coaching, aren't you? It's uh... come on. Don't too far there, Ed, again. Um, I mean, I think that I think it's fair to say in football, and we'll get back to your actual point in a second, that, you know, the safest bet is to not assume anyone's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, when Juan Mata turns out to be a real wrong and he's got a dungeon in his uh, Cheshire mansion, it won't surprise me one bit. Um, the uh, pretty, I mean, I didn't hear any rumours about the Ragnick thing until it was like, oh yeah, Man United are going to have, to, this is it, he is the guy. And it was just a work permit thing, um, which that, by the way, made me really sad for a second. It's like, yeah, oh, well, God. quite. Um, anyway, um, it's a work permit thing and uh, that'll be sorted now and presumably he'll be officially announced, you know, any time anytime now. And, and I mean, the six months of him yep. as interim coach, I can't think of a better candidate, that's fine. But the thing that seems extremely sensible is that they're trying to get this ex- expertise in-house and use the next six months to build something that is then built upon rather than jettisoned, which that's... Exactly, you know, yeah. And, and that's, you know, I think we've talked about that a lot, haven't we? You know, the the structure of a club. And Rangnick is a, is a great club builder. Hoffenheim, RB Leipzig... Sort of Schalke, although he won't have fond, men- fond memories of his one trip to Old Trafford with Schalke, will he? Uh, and, you know, he's the the kind of not only just sort of a, a sorry for the cliche, godfather of German coaching, but uh, it's proven to understand how to build a structure at a club that, that you know, excels with what you've got. And, you know, if, if he's given that license and some power, and you have to believe he will because Murta interviewed him, you know, have to believe that Murta doesn't have this overarching, like, responsibility. Maybe he's going to get it. Maybe that's the consultancy bit. Ragnick has his own sort of football consultancy that he's he's only part-time with Locomotive Mos- Moscow. Right. So that might be that as well. We'll see how exclusive he is to United and how much time and power he gets. But it all seems far too eminently sensible. And, and like, there just hasn't been these this in 16 years of of Glazer ownership, or we don't or get before. this. Or before, and you know, it's it was a different age, of course, uh, wasn't it? But um, you know, maybe United are finally modernising. Maybe mm. I, I mean, I'm going to take that with a little bit of a pinch of salt, like a bucket full. But the, the, I understand why that you, I understand why the commitment to cynicism runs so deep. I mean, I understand why, not least of which because. To me, there's like a substantial chance that that's correct. But I do think if, right. if you look at what's happened in the last two years, they are clearly, they have visibly been trying to build a structure in, to put a structure in place. And, and there are limitations to that yes. structure. But look where it's gone now. We're like, we're at the point yes. where we're still yes. being cynical, understandably so, when they've got the perfect guy in almost the perfect kind of like uh, with the perfect plan attached to it, I guess, depending on who is made head coach in some, because if they get Rogers yeah. in to pass the ball around and Ragnick's watching from the stands going, well, this isn't, this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. You know, that might be a problem. No. And, and, and that's right. I mean, but that's true of uh, all sort of elite clubs around Europe. The chemistry between head coach and sporting director has to be right. That's why, Poch is desperate to get out of Paris Saint-Germain because yeah. him and Leonardo don't get on. And, and you know, if you had a, co- a sporting director or consultant like Rangnick uh, and, you know, who plays this sort of um, heavy metal vertical football and then you get Rodgers or, or Lou Van Halen to <laughs> move it slowly side to side, uh, you know, or someone of that ilk. I'm not saying literally Louis. I mean, that would be really funny if they got literally it, Louis in the summer. 
it, yeah, how long do you think it would last? <laughs> um, but but I also, you know, the the the, the thing at the back of my head um, that is sort of countering the cynic is that you know Ranjek has a record; he doesn't want to spoil that, no. and and you you'd think that he would want assurances about. Um, about you know what kind of influence he'll get, or maybe just like some money and do the consultancy gig, and couldn't care less whether United do with it anything or not. I, I don't know, but um, anyway, you know, it all feels yeah more positive than uh, we might have felt a week ago. Um, a friend of the show, Cal Gildart, said to me, "In in proof that nothing is impossible and everything may come to pass in the end, Manchester United are now the football hipsters' favourite." which is <laughs> an extremely apt point. Um, if you looked at that, there was a tweet that Tom shared with us uh, that was like a 11 of players that Ragnick had signed, Ragnick had signed, and it was just like, this is this is a fo- football hipster 11 right here. This is loads of players that people who watch a lot of the Bundesliga tell you are really good. And I'm sure they're right. I'm sure that, that they are all really good. Um, yes. I mean... Um... The, the one graphic that's going around with, uh, or in fact, I've seen this a couple of times, different versions of it, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe in there. I think that's kind of cramming him in just because he's flavour of the month now. He, he played three games on loan. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 quite nope. a Ragnick discovery. <laughs> not quite. Um, I mean, it has been funny to watch the reaction. And like the Jurgen Klopp interview about it, I was just watching this going, oh God, if I was Ali, this would hurt. Because I genuinely don't think that... Ole Gunnar Solskjaer even crossed Jurgen Klopp's mind while he was talking about this. But it's just like, yes, it's very bad news for all the other clubs that are Manchester United. And Nagelsmann, on the other hand, I think probably maybe did slightly more have uh, Solskjaer in mind when he said, yep, it's going to be a lot different to what's been going on at Man United. You're just like, oh, okay, well, um, all these guys who were super influenced by him clearly... uh, clearly don't really want him to be in charge at United. Well, or, or they feel comfortable enough that uh, they can, you know, u- uber praise him. Like Guardiola so. with dot, 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 everyone. Mikel Arteta yeah. in particular. Yeah, you're right. Um, anyway, I mean, do we see any influence of Rangnick uh, in the starting eleven for Manchester United no, today? It was clearly... Dropping Ronaldo. Clearly... Uh, you can't you can't counter-press <laughs> or gang and press or any kind of press with Ronaldo in the team. And uh, he was binned. Yeah, for for sixty minutes, um, and and this is not an anti Ronaldo thing. I genuinely, I think it was a real mistake to bring him on in this game. I, I think I think Wait, it, it completely changed the flavour of everything. United were just really causing Chelsea some trouble on the break, weren't they? With Sancho and and uh, Rashford, I I, I was going to say it, that that's where the goal came from, but not quite really. No. I mean, sort of, sort of, yeah. But uh, but you know, quite a few breaks. Um, where they were causing problems, and then that stopped. I mean, when Sancho left, yeah, worth saying in the interest of balance that United were completely atrocious in the first half of this game, where Ronaldo was nowhere to be seen. So you know, yes, that, yes, he, yes, that yes. he is not to blame for how staggeringly bad they were. Well, the, the weird thing in that first half is, uh, look, he's gone with a sort of three defensive midfielders or three three more defensive midfielders. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say Fred or McTominay really played as defensive midfielders no. as such, you know. And I think the idea was that they could press, they could break up, um, which was true to a point. It's just they couldn't pass, and and United couldn't keep the ball at all in that first half, and uh, and were under a horrendous amount of pressure. 
as a result. And and Bayin and Lindelof, well, they always looked like they were panicking, yet they defended pretty well. Yeah, they were but right. You've always, there's that thing in the back of the head going, no! <laughs> and Bayi, like, you know, does a Cruyff turn in his own box the, <laughs> and it makes someone. It's worth also pointing out that this game was extremely remarkable for the fact that uh, Eric Bailly was the centre-back and it was a different player that did an overhead kick clearance in the box because it was Tellez yes. that did it. And you're like, I, I genuinely assumed, I just was half not looking at the screen or whatever and I looked up and someone was doing an overhead kick in the box and I rewound it like three times just to make sure it definitely wasn't Eric Bailly. It wasn't. Um, uh, I mean, it feels a little bit mean to do this, but I think part of the reason why they were panicking so much is just the um, spectacularly poor performance of Aaron Wan-Bissaka. He gave away the penalty, uh, and then he also made an incredible, like, point-saving block off Werner at the end of the game, too. Although... Werner left to his own devices probably would have, you know, skied it or whatever. Um, but, but wow, he's in a really bad trot, isn't he? For the whole season, yeah. It's, it's. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, and and whether um, you know, a competent coach will be able to to help him. But it, it feels like he's gone backwards. Uh, because look, the criticism always was he doesn't offer much going forward, and he really doesn't. Uh, but um, you know the the lack of positional awareness. There was one there was one moment late in the game where a ball was floated uh, from right to left, and he like he looked over like three or four times and twisted around because he just didn't know where he was. Yeah. And he sort of and and it's the, the the penalty was soft because he's got unlucky. Thiago's just Thiago Silva's just got in front of him there, but it also kind of scans, doesn't it? You know, Aaron Wan-Bissaka not knowing what's going on around him, yeah. not having that awareness just feels like Aaron Wan-Bissaka. So, and then ally that to terrible form. It's a problem. Yep. And, you know, yep. you, you mentioned the one where the ball goes from from left to right and it's going towards Reese James, right? And and I was I, I noticed exactly that same thing because it was Wan-Bissaka in microcosm in that moment. It's just the kind of positioning and decision-making. He made like three decisions in quick succession that were all wrong. He went the wrong way with, for the flight of the ball, was then immediately deceived by James and then doubled down and, and got himself in the wrong position to block the cross as well. So, you know, it's, it's I mean, football's difficult, you know, but, and and the wind is there and the ball, you know, it's, you can you can make too much of a moment like that, but it did feel like a microcosm for his whole performance. I think. Um, I- yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that United were out uh, without three of the preferred back four. Although, well, there's one of those that isn't in my preferred back four. That's <laughs> yeah, really well, sure. quite, quite. You know, Shaw Shaw's uh, had a tough time this season. True. Well, at least he's not as spectacular as, as he was last he's season. Been bad. And, and he's Magu- been bad. It's been bad. But I mean, if Shaw's been bad, what has Harry Maguire been? I mean, man. You want to take him out the back and put him out of his misery at times, don't you? And um, so him being out and suspended for how many games? Just this one, or did he miss more? It was I'm two not even yellow sure. cards, wasn't it? Two yellow, so it'd just be the one yeah. game out. So, so he'll be back next week, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> Does feel a bit like that, though, doesn't it? Like he's going to have to have a good hard look at himself because I mean, we talked. It really we does talked about it last time, but that sending off was. Uh, 
really, really, really irresponsible under the circumstances. So, look, we're we're picking apart a few few moments, and there were quite a few moments. I mean, Chelsea had 24 shots in this game to United's three. And I can't even remember. I can remember one of them. I can't remember the other two. Fred. Um, Fred's, Fred's chip. So we're counting that as a shot. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, look, Chelsea had a lot of the ball, like 65% of possession. They did create chances. The XG's pretty high and and all of that. Uh, and there were moments where you, you just hearts in the mouth whenever Bailly or Lindelof have to do anything because you just don't trust them. Sure. Don't trust them to get past the ball out of the back. Don't trust them to make the right clearance. Don't trust them to get in the right position. But actually, for most of that, they did do most of what they had to do. Yeah. And that's why United kept it down to one. Uh, one of the most remarkable things about the game was just the number of corners that Chelsea had and how little they created. I mean, the penalty came from a corner, but they had so many corners. What is it? Like a... The, You'd need 20 corners to make it likely that you were going to score a goal, I think. And they didn't get, they weren't too far off having that many corners. Um, and United dealt with them really well, which considering how bad United are at dealing with corners is quite remarkable. And also, well, Harry Maguire wasn't there. That's interesting. Um, but they did deal They did deal well with most of the pressure. I'd say um, that, you know, the Werner chance where he tried to curl it into the far corner curl it back yeah. into the far corner that that felt like the biggest channel I mean, looked at the xg but that felt like the player in in the biggest space kind of unmarked in the box out of all of their chances um but it, worth saying that of course united opened the scoring and uh it was quite a remarkable goal I mean, it's a shame Jorginho touched it in a way because bruno hoofing it from his own corner flag uh to get an assist would have been pretty peak stat padding um it, it would uh 0.07 xg on the Werner chance i think it's just because there's a lot of players oh okay a lot of players in between him but um yes uh it's, it's united's xg here is um uh, like 0.02 in the first half and if you discount sancho's goal 0.03 in the second half yeah. as well Felt much better, but uh, I guess, you know, high XG for a one-on-one with the keeper five yards out. <laughs> yeah, especially as you said before we started recording, like especially with him having scored in midweek, that it felt like a goal that was earned in Villarreal. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's a lovely finish. We haven't talked about that game at all. Lovely finish from Sancho. And especially in real time, if you watch it, there's, yeah. a, there's a camera angle from behind the goal and you realise how quickly he set himself and, and finished it because uh, he was under pressure. And yes, I mean... You couldn't half see him uh, doing a Fred and passing him back to the keeper if he hadn't scored that goal. Yeah. But I think that's helped him a lot. And I think he was pretty good today, yeah. or, you know, given what he had to do. Yeah. He split the strikers wide. Bruno got into the sort of half spaces and, in fact, you know, almost looked like a false nine at times. It did leave a lot of space between United's midfield three and the, the front three, uh, which caused a problem in the first half. And second half, Sancho and especially Rashford got closer to that midfield and allowed them to get forward. So, you know, it's uh, it got better after half time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, they yeah. made some changes. Mike Michael Carrick, tactical genius, or or he got on the phone. Uh, so I don't know whether Ralph's in a hotel somewhere <laughs> waiting for his visa, like telling him what to do. The the funny thing is that the 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 goal, United weren't playing better before the goal in the second half. They really they really grew in confidence when they were gifted that goal. And there was a couple of moments after that where you thought something might happen. Um, my favourite thing about the goal is, well, there's two things. One, one, it's funny. It's a funny goal. And yeah. ultimately, what's better in football than a funny goal? So Jorginho 
uh, is on his own. I mean, it's a fairly thankless task. You've got Rashford and Sancho bearing down on him, but he absolutely like drops a massive clangor with what he does. Um, then Sancho picks up the ball and Rashford's running along next to him, just keeps looking at him like desperately trying to stay on side. But, you know, Sancho's not slow, but Rashford is extraordinarily quick. So it's like having to really fight against this kind of innate desire to run at this point. Um, he's barely on side at any point. Um, but Sancho doesn't need him at all because he absolutely sat Mendy down. Like the goal looks fine from the kind of main camera angle. But again, it looks absolutely brilliant in real time from the angle behind because you see him sit Mendy down with the shimmy and pass it into the into the corner. It's brilliant, brilliant execution. Yeah, no, it's, it's lovely. And uh, yeah, Rashford's uh, 70 yards out with a pitching wedge playing a three-quarter shot, isn't he? And uh, just, just trying not to get himself ahead of the ball. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it's been one of the criticisms of Sancho that he's not expressed quick. I don't think anyone ever thought he was. That's not what he's not a flying winger. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, I know people just don't watch the Bundesliga, so they're really not actually not that familiar with him. Um, but he's just not that player. Uh, but look, good for him. I'm glad he's got a couple of goals. I hope that increases his confidence. I hope the new man coming in is good for him. I imagine he will be. Yeah, he... Just, you know, not 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 like... Not just linking things together because, you know, played in Germany, German coach, but uh, the type of football and stuff. Yeah, and but then also just like not weirdly under, under like um, weirdly misunderstood because you would imagine that Ralph Rangnick has seen more of Jaden Sancho than, you know, any of the United coaching staff in the last couple of years. Um, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, you, you're right. Uh, United grew in confidence after the goal. Shame they couldn't keep it together longer, but uh, the penalty was... I mean, look, Chelsea created a fair bit in this game and put United under a lot of pressure. It's not like they didn't deserve something from the game, yeah. but it's it was quite soft, quite soft, unlucky for United. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's definitely a penalty, I would say but it's, unlucky. It's unlucky rather than soft, isn't it? Because a soft penalty to me indicates that there's like some doubt about whether or not, like you've seen them given, you've seen them not given. I don't think I've ever seen these not given, except in a... No, he's kicked him. Yeah. I mean, I, look, there's plenty of people on Twitter complaining about it, but I don't understand what the ref could have done that was different. <laughs> that said, I mean, Fred did get one that wasn't, that much different in the in the first half for United where he's bumped over. I mean, he he threw his arms in the air and chucked himself to the ground. <laughs> as, all, as all good Brazilians in big games do, if you haven't seen this one. Oh, my <laughs> God. Could you tell us a little bit about the actions of Denison in... Uh, in uh, was it the Libertadores? Copa Libertadores final, yeah. Um, Flamengo, so Andreas's Flamengo um, against uh, Palmeiras. And uh, am I right in saying that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was right near the end of the game. And uh, Denison, I mean, he's he's got into a you know a little bit of a pushing match with an opposition player, and then he's like complaining to the referee about something. I think, and the referee pats him on the back, and then he goes down like he's been shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just magnificent, <laughs> just magnificent. I'm assuming. He's just not seen it's the referee that's patted him on yeah, the back. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the opposition yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, clearly. It's so funny. But um, the commentators, 
uh, BBC commentators absolutely lose the run of themselves. <laughs> Quite rightly, I should add. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no le- composure whatsoever. Legitimately despicable football activities in that moment. <laughs> oh, great. Just great. Yeah. Uh, if it had been Ander Herrera, we'd be building a statue <laughs> of him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the Fred one, it's not like the guy kicked him. So he's not exactly comparable, is it? It's, you know. That would have been, I think, the definition of a soft penalty in the way that this one wasn't, really. Um, yeah, Thiago stayed down all the way through VAR, which is very 2021 footballer. Like, this is... Just to make sure, yeah. yeah. you yeah. you got to do it. Um, so, the, the only other thing of meaningful note in this game was just that Fred miss, I guess. Mendy passed it out to him. Um, and Martin Tyler said, oh, is he giving away the game? Mendy gives away the ball. Is he giving away the game? No. <laughs> that, was, that was good. It was good commentary from Tyler. Because um, uh, Fred just gave it back to him. It's polite, really. It's sporting. You don't want to win yeah. it like that. You want to win. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's too, that was it. Yeah. Too dirty to win it like that. You want to win it clean. You can just, yeah, you can see the cogs whirring in Fred's brain can't you the ball comes to him it's like moment it's his moment it's an Eric Cantona moment chipped it into the top corner against Sunderland ah nope nope Nope. and the the horror on his face after he does it given that there were two other players in good positions Um, oh Fred those two substitutions I mean Sancho had to come off clearly because he was struggling but uh, when he brought Ronaldo on and then he brought Rashford off uh, for Lingard and we just completely surrendered like didn't look threatening yeah. at all after that. Yeah, Apart no, I, I mean, and it, I think it's okay to make that observation without it being some kind of criticism no. of of the interim interim manager. I mean, yeah, like I don't know whether Sancho has a hamstring problem, was was kind of mooted, um, or he just felt something. He's he's not had loads of minutes this season, um, and Rashford is still returning to fitness, I guess. So you know, okay, but it did change the game uh, completely, and and. I, I mean, I guess it's in the contract somewhere that Ronaldo has to play some minutes of every game, somehow. Like Fernando, but it's going to be—it's going to be so interesting watching this because I, I just couldn't think of a player who's less the player Ronaldo today. I'm not talking about his whole career. Sure, who's less a Ralph Rangnick player than Ronaldo? Mm. Just couldn't think of one. Zlatan, but you've got it. Zlatan, yeah. Well, you know, same problem, right? Um, but you've got an interim manager who. Like who may be taking up a consultancy position? We don't know if it's full time afterwards. So you know, is already something of a lame duck, even if he's senior, respected, and all of that. Versus a player with a lot of power, both in the dressing room, I suspect, and most definitely in the marketing organisation. Uh, that's going to be a really interesting dynamic playing out. Mm, yeah, and um, we predicted two losses. Uh, oh, I, we did. I Got that wrong. And if, no, no, so did I. Yeah, yeah. A, win and, yeah. a win and a draw. So, classic. In fact, I predicted a, a loss to Villarreal and a hammering against Chelsea. So, yeah. Got that wrong. Yeah. But, you know, look, credit to Michael Carrick, Michael Ragnick, Carrigick, you know, whoever's, whoever's done this. So, played well in Villarreal. I mean, eventually. I didn't see any of played. this because I was working because uh, it was right. an early kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah, recency bias because honestly it was it was they played a spot off the park in the first 45, but um as Villarreal do without really creating anything at all. Uh, but United got uh, deeper into that game um and uh you know, in the end I'd say worthy of getting something at least. They were I'm not sure uh, 
they were gifted the first goal, weren't they? It was a pretty shocking mix-up at the back. It was it was United esque from Villarreal. Yes, and actually they've got a lot of composed players at the back, so it's unusual. But they, they've been having a tough time this season, actually mid mid table in or lower mid table in La Liga, and it's the it's the lack of goal scoring that causes some problems most of all. Um, obviously, Gerard Moreno is not fit, and they just can't find someone to replace that. Uh, and didn't really create anything of note against United. Well, they, you know, David De Gea made three saves in that first half. Right. Um, although three saves you'd kind of expect him to make, but still, uh, three saves. And then United got deeper into it. And, you know, the, the best moment was clearly Sancho. So, you know, uh, what was it? Rashford, Bruno with a flick just to get the stat paddies assists. Totally unnecessary. And Sancho into the top corner. And it was a lovely moment. How was Van der Beek in this game? Because he was, you know, you know, not as exciting as he was in uh, Ollie's final game. Mm. So he did a few things, but didn't feel like he's. And you know, again, for the reductive analysis, sorry about that, but didn't feel like he's imposing himself on the game. Mm. He just doesn't. He's not that kind of number ten. He is much better as one of three in a midfield where he's sort of linking play. Mm. Uh, but he does that bit very well. You know, I think again, again, feels like he's a Ralph Rangnick kind of player, right? Donny van der Beek, but not as a number 10, you know, in a midfield three. So, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. So he he did okay. Sancho did okay and then got a lovely goal and, and United did just about enough. So, but the, the two results were great. Yeah, I mean... We'll see whether we get an even bigger bump coming up with the, the new man. It wouldn't be a surprise, would that it? That Villarreal uh, result is, is, of course, massive because it means we're qualified for the Champions League. Yeah. No Europa League in this season. Just amazing. Yeah. Such a thank you. <laughs> thank you, gods of football. Yeah. Um, so now it's. Yeah, yeah quali- qualified. And then uh, you'd presume that United will beat young boys to top the table. I would not presume uh, that. What one would presume? <laughs> sure. One, one may. Well, it would be fair for one to presume. <laughs> well, didn't young boys you know, beat um, Atalanta? They got a draw right. with Atalanta. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But still, at Old Trafford. Where, I think where United hopefully so good <laughs> um, yeah okay um, so let's presume that they but they I mean whether they win that game or not it's a nice luxury to be going into uh, you know going into the last game qualified which it definitely yeah, very much compared to last season it's a big deal um, the and I wonder whether one of that's one of the reasons they pulled the plug on Solskjaer exactly when they did was just to avoid him just to, to try and get that Champions League group qualification, which is a fairly lucrative thing, isn't it? Um, the- yes, the, the stepped payments go up fairly rapidly, yeah. um, as does the pool payment. Um, so, yes. Um, and now we just have to try and avoid the Europa League next season. And, and and a point against Chelsea in the current state of play at Stamford Bridge, even though kind of got to get it out of my head that we're always rubbish against Chelsea because we've beaten them 15 times in a row or something or not lost to them for years on end um but like we went through all the, the there was a fergie bogey bogey team weren't they chelsea um but anyway um that point is a good point in the context i mean exactly what david hayer said after the game so in, you know we don't want to be drawing but in this moment it's a good point mm. And I, I think that's right. You know, yeah. just something to turn it around. I mean, any any dreams of challenging for the Premier League title are clearly gone. Twelve points behind the leaders. Um, it's not that many. I mean, yeah, 
I know, but it's it's like ten points behind Liverpool and City, isn't it? So it's, you, you three of them have got to fall. The wheels have got to come off the bus. Uh, so yeah, you know, seems unlikely. Whatever bounce we get, but you know, yeah, in the context, important point. Uh, new manager coming in. We think this week. I mean, they've got until Thursday until the Arsenal game. So we'll see if the the work permit gets addressed. Uh, I think he gets. Uh, Plenty of points for Germany ranking and Bundesliga ranking. He gets he gets enough points, right? So yeah, it's it's so strange. If he was American, he's not American. But if he was, he might struggle just because MLS ranking, US national team ranking, or or whatever. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's the vagaries of this system doesn't reward the uh, quality of the the personnel you're trying to bring in. Basically, right. Very weird. Anyway, the whole thing's weird. It feels it feels very weird. You know, this is a hugely contentious topic which upsets people tremendously. So yes, well, talking talk of which, um, Brexit's Gary Neville said before the game, uh, th- this is no no way Carrick uh, could drop Ronaldo. This has Rangnick all over it, or something uh, to that interesting. effect. Interesting. Uh, that's very disrespectful of his old teammate, Michael. It, it, it was, wasn't it? It was, it was rather. And uh, Gary Lineker on, on Twitter challenging him, saying that's absolutely not true. So, oh, um, Well, he would know, next door neighbour. Exactly. He's called up Ed, hasn't yeah. he? He <laughs> said, what's going on? Um, it's so harsh to call him Brexit's Gary Neville, isn't it? It's so ridiculously harsh. <laughs> no, that mantle's been taken up by Michael Vaughan, I, I think. Mean, uh, I mean, I believe he may literally have uh, been overt about his feelings on this he's just anyway, let's let's not talk about michael vaughan uh, there was there was an hour-long interview with ricky ponting on the great cricketer and ricky ponting comes across so well it's like thoughtful kind like massively respected by all his peers has this reputation for being like really accessible to young players and just like a great guy i'm like i if you told me in 2005 that like, ricky ponting was super sound and michael vaughan was like a bad bad what's it it would have uh, really taken the shine off anyway we are the baddies yeah yeah, yeah. uh miserable sporting figures aside uh i mean this has been it's been a, a very very positive week i mean it, it, you can obviously there's plenty of room for cynicism but the results were good some of the Moments of performance were good. Sancho's playing well. And there's a manager who kind of knows what he's doing coming in and not, and then not going to waste that time. And it, it feels like, I mean, I could be wrong, but it feels like the thing I was saying, which is I really hope they don't throw, they don't swing wildly away from the kind of positive direction and the nature of like trying to play dynamic football and, you know, all of the kind of things and the club culture stuff. And, and they haven't. No, and and I mean, what Ragnick will do, I think, is add to what Oli's done. I mean, you can see that he's got a lot of players, Ronaldo aside, that would suit his style of football. Yeah. I think. I mean, you might look at that central midfield and go, "Oh, not not sure about that but one." Like but every, I don't know, Fred, every, Fred feels like a Ragnick player. Every manager in the world would look at that central midfield and go, mm, mm, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think might make some weird that. noise." Yeah. But but you'd think. But yes, I think it will. Look, and, and I think some of the, the great stuff because there's lots of content because Rangnick was on the Coach's Voice um, conference recently and a whole bunch of other stuff where he's talked about philosophy and identity. And I love the two quotes. Uh, one is, "Yeah, you know, 
you can't half press. It's like being half pregnant, you know, do it or don't do it, which which United were in the middle somewhere. Absolutely. For most of the time under Ollie. And the other thing is he stresses over and over and over again the importance of having an identity to what you're doing, understanding what you're trying to be as a team. Mm. Um, and we didn't have that either. And, you know, it's just like in two quotes, he destructs the Ollie era as a coach. But yeah. But there you go. And, you know, and that, that's not to say that what Ollie said in his exit interview, which we talked about a lot last week, which was, I hope I've left the club in a better place, is not true either. It is. Mm. But, and uh, you know, the identity that he gave, like the extent to which Solskjaer gave United an identity, and, and as a very brief side note, I thought it was lovely and not surprising just to hear loads of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer songs absolutely blasted out at top volume by the away end, which is not a surprise, but is is nice. And, An improvement from the V signs they were giving him the week before, <laughs> yeah, quite. But you know, um, the you know you know how football is. Um, but it's it, it was a kind of clear message to him. To say you're still who you've always been to us, you yes, know, and that that that's nice. Um, but the only identity that Solskjaer gave United was this is Manchester United. You know, that's that's the only he gave them an identity of like the stature of the club and what it means to play for the club and all of that kind of stuff. But he definitely definitely didn't give them an identity on the pitch. And, and, no. and if you can combine the thing that he did give them with someone who does give them an identity on the pitch, you're now talking about a team that might actually um, come together and be more than the sum of its parts rather than less than the sum of its parts, you know. And I'm, I'm sure that'll happen. And I'm sure that'll happen fairly quickly. Now, the, the, the thing that Rangnick has done throughout his career, club building, team building... He's not going to have time to do. Yeah, like he's. I mean, he's got enough time to make an influence. If you think how, about how short a time Tuchel had, I mean, he's got six months, Rangnick. But uh, it's it's not something that's going to. He's not going to be able to instill all of his philosophy overnight. He can do the basics. You know, they're not going to press as individuals anymore. It's going to be collective, and it's going to be triggered. And they've got players who can do that trigger, and it's not that difficult. It really isn't. And I'm sure he'll look at that um, defence and try and work a way of of uh, making that a bit more sound. And I, I don't know whether there'll be some tweaks to personnel or or how far the fullbacks get forward or exactly how they play out of the back. Um, but we'll see. We'll see about that one. But uh, you know, it feels like there's there's a path forward at least, isn't there? Yeah, and and the club building stuff comes later, right? That that's the two years on the end of it. That's where it's like, depending on the scale of that role. That's where we are looking at, you know, him identifying transfer targets and working with um, Murtar on building the club's infrastructure and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, that's the stuff that's really, it's football expertise. The thing, the missing piece of Manchester United's puzzle, they've imported some football expertise, you know, um, like not structural expertise. Like you said, club building, how you build a club. The other thing that I figure is it's more likely that we'd buy a midfielder in January than it would have been if Solskjaer was still in charge. Cause... Yes, and I hope that's really clear and it is rather needed. All this talk is going to be rather funny, isn't it, if uh, for some reason Rangnick either doesn't get his work permit or this was all paper talk and uh, they can't sort out the contract with Locomotive Moscow or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, Sean Dyche comes in as interim. 
or Steve Bruce. That, that I mean, at this juncture, I would say uh, the idea that this is all paper talk. I mean, something's gone really, really, really wrong in a lot of people's careers for that to be the case, hasn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, so um, Thursday. There's a game coming up. It's a bit of an odd timing, isn't it? I, I don't know exactly why United are playing on a Thursday night. I mean, is it? It's not. We're not in the kind of run up to Christmas fixtures, are we? No, we're a long way off that before it starts going really second of down. December or something. Yeah, yeah it's no, it's it's uh, it's odd. But anyway, um, sort of sort of in form, Arsenal at the moment. Um, what did they do this weekend? Recently. Beat uh, beat Newcastle. Ah, a uh, couple of goals to nil. So um, they are. Going up the table fairly rapidly. Are they above us? Yes. Mm. It's rather disturbing, isn't yeah, it? Don't like that. Do I not yeah, like they that? Are f- <laughs> they are fifth, um, which is, uh, yeah, they are five points ahead of us. So can plucky Manchester United get anything out of a game with Arsenal? Um, I guess it's only on the Thursday because it's just it's just the midweek round of fixtures has a TV game on the Thursday, right? That's the... That's the way these things work. And then United are playing again on Sunday uh, where we play Vieira's Crystal Palace um, at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, goodness knows, it feels it feels impossible to predict because we don't know who's going to be the manager or, you know. I mean, it's at home. That, that's yeah. nice. Under the lights, it's going to have a big game feel, yeah. you'd imagine. It will do. It will do. And, and Arsenal are uh, kind of interesting side because they've gone so quickly from being an old side to a young side. Yeah. And, an injection of of uh, a lot of you know they played with uh, Tommy Asu White, Gabriel, and Tavares at the back against Newcastle, which is you know a complete change from last yeah. season. Um, Tavares done well. I, I don't know whether um, he'll start this game um, uh, or not. He's he's coming because uh, what's his name? Scottish left back who's not Andy Robertson. Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney has been injured and not quite fit. I mean, it's the story of his career. Tommy Asu is a summer signing. Uh, ben White, obviously, we know a lot about, but, you know, younger player. And and, and uh, Lakonga came into midfield uh, over the summer as well, and he's a youngster. So um, it's a you know, completely different feel to it. Very dynamic up front. They, they have a problem with both Aubameyang and Lacazette not really being in super form. Um, but Saka, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe is quite exciting behind them. So I think it, it will be a challenge for United. I'd be interested to see what the balance of, of uh, how United play, because they've given the ball away or not had possession of the ball for either of Michael Carrick's games. Uh, sort of been happy to play that way and look to get something out of the game. So, I, you know, at, but this one's at Old Trafford, not away. Um, so will we be a bit more open, a bit more front foot? Yeah, and no, no wonder whether the perceived uh, threat is not... I mean, it's not on the same level as Chelsea, um, yeah. who are top of the league after all. But it's not like Arsenal don't have... I mean, Arsenal, Arteta is clearly imposing a an identity on this team, has a an idea of how they're supposed to be playing and what he wants that team to look like and in, and you know clearly what he wants the age profile of that team to be um and they are they are a starting 11 transformed um and they look a lot better and they're fun to watch and I'm sure if you're an Arsenal fan it's a pretty fun and exciting time compared to what's been going on recently yeah just a two defeats in 15 games and they were to Liverpool and City both both absolute spankings <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they did get proper hammered by Liverpool, didn't they? I didn't see. 
Um, they really, they really did. Uh, but but that speaks to some level of form and progression yeah. and yeah. So uh, so, what do you reckon the United starting eleven is going to be? Do you reckon Ronaldo starts this one? I mean, you kind of assume so. Yeah, it I would. would really it would really really say something if he didn't. Yeah. But they may may move away from the diamond and go back to something that looks more like a four two three one. Yeah. S- Sancho's kind of earned his place in the side though, hasn't yeah. he? It would be. Unfortunate for him. I don't know whether Mason will be back. He's had this bout of COVID. Uh, Cavani was uh, apparently away um, in during the international break trying to get fit. Uh, so, you know, it'd be nice to have him back. Uh, Shaw's had concussion. I guess he is available. I mean, it's um, I'm not sure it was actually the protocol, but just being careful with him. He didn't play. Maguire will be back, assuming comes straight back into the side. Um, Ferreira is still a few weeks away. Um, so you know, plenty, plenty of players available, mm. but you know, maybe we can assume something that looked a bit more like Wan-Bissak and Maguire, Lindelof, Shaw at the back. With I assume Fred and McTominay, Pogba's not going to be available for a while. Uh, or you know, and Donny could uh, could uh, could have earned a game if if Carrick wants to be a bit more uh, adventurous. We'll see. Yeah, and um, we'll see who the manager is. Yeah. Uh, uh, worth noting, by the way, that Bruno was dreadful again today. Oh, Nearly yeah. gave away a goal with that ball across the uh, box, but has been dreadful for weeks. He wasn't very good. And, well, he didn't play. He didn't start in Villarreal and came on and wasn't really that effective either. His chance creation, though, he's he's third in total chances created in the league, Premier League. First for big chances created. Uh, and he's got a whole bunch of assists. Uh, so even while playing poorly and uh, one goal in 15 or something, by his very high standards, he's still putting up numbers. Yeah. So, and of course, Jurgen Klopp had the rules change on penalties, so he's not getting penalties anymore. Boo. All right. Uh, predictions. Oh, after Arsenal, we play Crystal Palace. So, I mean, we're not going to talk about that game. We've talked a lot about Palace on the bonus content this season. Um Lost to Stevie G's Villa today, yeah. or yesterday. Yep, yeah, in a sort of Premier League all-time great midfielder manager off. Yeah, sort of. Are you telling me? Big, you t- tell- big time Charlie's a lot <laughs> of them, to both of them. You're so bought in <laughs> that you're not giving Gerard or Vieira all-time Premier League midfielder status. One of them never won they're it. They're no Roy Keane, are no, they? No, they're not. No, they are not. Um, Combine the two of them and maybe you'd get close. <laughs> you wouldn't get close to his medals t- tally, though, would you? <laughs> how many Premier League titles has Stevie Stephen Gerrard got again? Just, 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 you know, like, like, how many? Let, how many? Let yeah. me think. <laughs> what is the square root of zero? Well, Patrick Vieira hasn't got that many compared to United. Uh, you know, uh, He's got three? Well, you'd have three. Yeah. Vieira, yeah. What, what's three? Ryan Giggs has 13. No, sorry. Never mind. Never mind. Move on. Let's, let's all move on really quickly. It's like counting how many Oscars Woody Allen's got. You can't, you can't, you're not allowed to talk about that anymore, are you? Uh, sure. I mean, he's uh, not guilty until proven otherwise. Yeah. Ryan Giggs doesn't look good for the lad, though, does doesn't it? Look, it's not looking great. Also, also, the guy in temporary charge is doing a much better job as Wales manager than Giggs is, was Robert Page. Yeah. Right, so let's predict results for these two games uh, that we I'm don't gonna know predict what the manager is going to be or who's available or you know it's Chris. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, there's five or six players we don't know yeah. about, and yeah, it's very hard to call. But I'm going to predict two-two against Arsenal uh-huh. because you know, and a two-one victory against Palace. I'm going to at Old Trafford. I'm going to predict that we beat Arsenal 
2-1 and draw with Palace, one all. Alrighty. Thanks, everyone. Patreon backers, stay tuned for more content. Two shows to go. Yeah, content. Not good content, but it's content. Yeah, exactly. It's there. We're going to talk for ages. (laughs) Um, All right. All righty. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. everyone. See you soon.